we could not uh, complete what the Spirit of God was still doing on Friday. Hallelujah. So last night I was praying, inquiring of the Lord what He would like us to know concerning certain things in my heart that I believe will help complete our understanding of the purposes and plans of God for our lives. Just forgive me, I'm, I'm still trying to compose myself. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Mark nineteen sixteen. Verse 19. Let's read 19 and 20. We, we're not going to share long because we need to do ministry in the spirit and also take Holy Communion. So we will share quickly some thoughts from the Word of God and the Spirit. Can we read it? Let's read it, please. So then, <clears throat> after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven. heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord walking with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Quick. Uh, ironic statement there. 
after the Lord spoke to them, the Bible says they would receive the Lord. But then in verse 20, we hear that the Lord was working with them. Who was the Lord that was working with them? Because the Lord was received up in heaven. That's the Holy Spirit, right? So he says that he was working with them in the preaching of the word. As they went everywhere to preach the word of God. And he did something. He confirmed the word through signs and wonders. The word, therefore, confirmed is the Greek word to strengthen or to establish. So he established the word with signs and wonders. Why is that important? It is important because the Lord is a spirit. So it is important on his part to validate his word through signs and wonders or works of the spirit. So for the Lord to speak, his word must be substantiated with signs and wonders. That is the proof, not only that the word which the Lord has spoken is true, but is proof of the reality of Jesus Christ. So his kingdom, his person, cannot be fully expressed or displayed without the manifestation of signs and wonders. So what the disciples were doing in preaching the word, the Lord aided them by confirming his word with signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. So it is very important that when we receive the word, when we hear the word, that the Lord himself validates, establishes, and confirms that word with signs and wonders. So we can never really uh, uh, undermine or undervalue the importance of the confirmation of God's word. God's word must be confirmed in our lives with signs and wonders. And we must settle for nothing else lesser than that. Because anything lesser than that is religion. It is professing godliness, but lacking the power thereof. So we must begin to look at how the Lord desires to confirm and establish his word in our lives. Especially in this conference where we've been discussing wealth and prosperity. He must confirm that word with accompanying signs. In other words, if the word that was being taught or the word that was being preached was the word of healing, the accompanying signs would be healed. If the word that was being preached was deliverance, the accompanying signs would be deliverance. If the word that was preached was concerning the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, the accompanying signs would be that which the word was declaring. In this conference, we've been speaking about wealth, and the Lord must confirm that word 
with accompanying signs. That is to say, what, oh Lord Jesus, what, what, oh, what God must do in our lives before he can perform signs. He must have the precedence of his word. So the word of God is essential because the Bible says he does nothing except through his word. So the word of God must precede the signs and wonders. So you know what God is going to do, how his power is going to manifest on the basis of what, of what you have heard. So what you have heard sets the tone of how the power of God will be demonstrated. That is why prophecy is so important. Jesus cared to be announced before he was born. The act of his birth had to be announced before his birth actually took place. Let's read something. Luke chapter 1, please. Now in the sixth month, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city named Galilee, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Now when we, when we spoke about uh, generations, covenants, and bloodlines, you find that Joseph was of, like as the Bible says, of the house of David. Now Mary's favor came because she was betrothed to Joseph. Mary was not of the tribe. I mean, was not of the lineage of of David. She must have been from another lineage. But because she was betrothed to Joseph. God granted our favor because God could not bring forth Jesus through the womb of a man. He needed a woman. All right? So the, the lineage was kept consistent by Joseph. The Bible says there were 14 generations from Abraham to David and there were 14 generations from David until the time that there were uh, led captive to Babylon and there were 14 generations until Joseph himself leading to the coming of Jesus Christ now the, the dispensation of the fullness of time had come for God to send his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to fulfill and to correct and to bring about a new generation. And the thing that happens is that God sends an angel. Why doesn't God do it? If it is God's plan to make Mary pregnant by the Spirit, why doesn't God just do it? Why, go, why doesn't just God make the woman pregnant and she finds out that she's pregnant? The most important person in the whole universe is Jesus, right? And when you study the 
circumstances and the events surrounding his death, you notice that actually the most important one was this that happened here. Because this shows us how God would function in every single individual's life. That before the coming of any human being, God must announce it. It has to be announced. That means there is an announcement that goes forth from God concerning the birth of every human being. That is why God didn't just create Adam. He said, let us. Before he created, God had to announce it. To let us make man in our image. He could have said, I'm making man, right? Because he, he did not have a consultation when he called forth light, when he called forth the earth. There was no consultation. But when he came to man, he said, now let us make man. So before the creation of man, God announced his plan and purpose to create. There is a purpose. There is a reason why. So we see how God's word, God's message is important in setting the right tone for his power. So in the sixth month, the sixth month from Elizabeth's conception, he says, God sent the angel Gabriel to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at this thing and considered what manner of greeting was this. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb. Notice how she found favor. What did she do? What extraordinary thing did she do for her to find favor with God? It is only because she got married to a person whose bloodline was tied to the coming of Jesus Christ. And at that time, it had been the fullness of time. So because of her mere connection to Joseph, she found favor with God. Mm. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you, and therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called Jesus, the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Mary said something strange. She said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be done. 
according to your word. And the angel departed from her, and it was good as done. <clears throat> the, the agency through which Jesus would come would not be through the physical or biological way that man or woman conceives, right? So Mary could not have done any extra thing to cause that which was determined by Almighty God to come to pass. We must investigate what made the word the angel gave to Mary successful. Because you look at it. The angel said the Holy Spirit will come on you. Power of the highest will overshadow you. And that holy thing that is to be born will be born. What did Mary do? Now, this is a supernatural operation of the Spirit. It is that which had never yet been done before. It had never occurred that a woman would receive or have a child without the seed of a man. It was the miracle of miracles. But when you study it, you will think that for the miracle of miracles to actually take place, it has to be a hard process. But there was nothing of that sort. The greatest miracle of all happened with all simplicity because of one little detail. God announces his message, his plan to man, to give man the opportunity to be part of it. Mary could have said no. And Jesus would not have been born through Mary. Mary could have said, no, 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 this is too strange for me. I don't know you. What spirit are you? No, 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 no. Now, a spirit would impregnate this woman. A possibility that is only accessible by God Almighty. For he said, for with God, all things will be possible. So here's the word of an impossible, naturally, an impossible scenario being presented to a human being. What changes everything here? What is the factor here? The factor is not on God's power. The factor is not the fact that the angel brought the message. Because the angel could have brought the message and it failed. God wanted to do something in the earth realm and he needed to find a person with which to partner with through his word. Now the person still had a will of their own. They could still say, no, 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 no. I do not accept this thing. And it would not have been done. But the fact that Jesus was born without the seed of a human man or human male, it is mind-boggling. And you must look at how it happened. When did Mary conceive? 
Jesus and John were six months apart. John was six months older than Jesus. So when, 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 when Gabriel left Mary, it is very plausible to insinuate that Mary immediately at that time conceived. Because they were six months apart. And another thing that, 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 that alludes to that truth is the fact that immediately after the angel came, Mary went to Elizabeth. And at the hearing of Elizabeth's voice, the baby inside Elizabeth began to leap and was filled with the Holy Spirit. And remember, only Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. So when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, Jesus was already inside, conceived inside the womb of Mary. How simple was that? Yet, how mind-boggling and supernatural was that feat? And he confirmed his word with accompanying signs. You will have a child by the Spirit. And she did. The proof that God has spoken, Mike, is the fact that that which he has said is established, confirmed in your life. So what did Mary say? Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it be done according to your word. What was that? That was faith. Do you know God could not start to initiate or give Abraham greater revelation concerning his purposes until Abraham believed? Do you know that it took more than actually 25 years for Abraham to actually believe what God told him? Let's look at something. Hebrews chapter 4. I mean, love chapter, chapter 11. Our struggle in our Christian walk and in our relationship with God is that we fail to believe. We fail to believe. It is the one limitation that has eroded our stature as Christians in this world. God said, I swear by my own name that they shall not enter into my rest. He said, I swear they will all die. They die. Why? The Bible says, because of what? Unpersuadable. They were unpersuadable. The word is disobedience. God could not persuade them. God said, I swear they will not enter my rest. Because of the sin of disobedience, the sin of unbelief. <coughs> Here we are. You have heard what you've heard concerning 
God's purposes, God's mind throughout this conference concerning the wealth and prosperity that He wants to release to you. What is then your response? Is it just another word that you have heard? Do you know that it is very important to believe not only in Jesus, but in the one who brings you this message. We'll get to that in a few in a few minutes, okay? Alright, alright. Verse verse number one. Verse number one. Uh, I said Hebrews chapter one. Okay, Hebrews one. Hebrews one, please. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past, all right, by to the fathers by the prophets. Notice, notice, he says, God in time past, long ago, spoke to the fathers by the prophets. God spoke by the prophet. He spoke by the he spoke by the prophets. Do I say that? He spoke by the prophets. In in time past, he spoke by the prophets. But has in these last days spoken to us through his son. Now, how does he speak to us today through his son? Someone say no through the Holy Spirit or Jesus speaking directly to us. <laughs> Jesus said to his disciples, even as my father sent me, send I you. And he that receives you does not receive you, but receives me who sent you. And he does not only receive me, he receives my father who sent me. So today Jesus is in heaven. Today he is sitting at the right hand of majesty. How then does he speak to us by his son? By what instrumentality, by what medium does he speak to us through his son? And who is his son? Ah. What I wanted to show you there was how God dealt or made deeds with man in the earth. He said it was by the prophets. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 verse number 3 please. Hebrews chapter 11, number 3, please. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are 
visible by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God the word word there is the Greek word rhema that means a spoken message or a spoken word so he says the words were framed by God so God repaired the aeons. He framed the aeons, the worlds, through speaking. He made the worlds, aligned the worlds, repaired the worlds, corrected the world through speaking. He says, by the word of God. And he speak to our fathers by his prophets. So that is why in a church, what is done more than any other thing is talking. Is talking. Talk is not cheap. If you really understand what talk is, you realize that it is the facilitator of all power. So he confirms his word with signs and wonders. First Chronicles 2020. First Chronicles 2020. Hosea chapter 12, 13. Hosea chapter 12, 13. Let's read Hosea and then we'll read Chronicles. There. By a prophet. The Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet he was kept, preserved, guarded, guarded. Imagine for 40 years these people were in the wilderness and apart from the, the judgments of God because of their disobedience, none of them had become feeble. None of them had become weak. None of them, the Bible says, nor have their clothes outgrown them. For 40 years, these people are guarded from the assailments from other nations. The Bible does not say it is because of an angel. The Bible does not say 
it is because of some faults. He says, by a prophet, they were preserved. That means their posterity, their heritage, their inheritance, their health, their uh, uh, livelihood was preserved by a prophet. And I said to you that the existence of prophets was to substantiate, validate, and execute the covenant of the Lord. When he remembered the covenant to Abraham, the Bible says he sent them a prophet. So Moses was raised for the purpose or was raised because God remembered his covenant. He remembered the contract which he had made with a man. And now was time for that contract and the benefits of that contract to be executed. And he sent them a prophet to deliver them out of Israel. He heard their cry and he sent a prophet. He remembered the covenant and he sent a prophet. The prophet was there to see that the covenant between God and Abraham was not breached but fulfilled. So God gave the prophet all the possibilities that existed in God. The power required to deliver these people. The power required not only to deliver them but to sustain them and preserve them because of the covenant so today we have fivefold ministers because of the covenant their existence is to execute the realities of that covenant so in true retrospect every single person in the fivefold has a prophetic element in their lives because they speak for god in one way or another they represent jesus christ in one way or another so jesus god today works by jesus and jesus walks by his church but he has administrators through which he carries out his purpose and the problem has been in the body of christ is that we have not yet understood the government operation of jesus kingdom how jesus actually administrates facilitates and regulates his kingdom and because of the failure to understand that we have found ourselves in limbo we are neither dead nor alive we are neither strong nor weak we are almost in the middle people without identity without direction because we have not found really the understanding that is required to help us successfully function in the kingdom because we have looked for a new thing when there's already a pattern that was already anciently set by the patriarchs of old of how god would work from generation to generation i am the god of abraham isaac and Jacob and this shall be a memorial forever forever he's the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob the only reason why in the New Testament he becomes the
the God of Jesus Christ is because everything he promised and did through this man is consolidated and fulfilled in Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, he himself gave unto men apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry. The reason why, brothers and sisters, we are unable to gear up in the kingdom or for the kingdom is because we have misunderstood entirely why we go to church, why we come to church, why we do what we do. It has become a, a, a form that lacks reality. But if you study how God utilized the man in the world and in the old days was so that they could execute what he promised Abraham. So today there are fivefold ministries so that they can execute what Jesus, what God promised to Jesus. So in the same way God spoke to the fathers in, in ancient times, he is speaking today to his children by his son through his representatives. So if you're going to look for another way in which God would operate and facilitate and administrate and bestow his blessings on your life, brothers and sisters, you are in for a shocker. And the strength of any office, of any calling, of any gift, the strength lies in what God had told that office, that gift, that calling to accomplish. says by a prophet he delivered them by a prophet he preserved them he established them first chronicles please So all these ministers are conduits. We are conduits or pipelines that connects God or the possibilities of God, the promises of God and man. It is how he has chosen to function. It is how he has chosen to operate it is how he has chosen to be his church to be his church so the formidability of an entity of a church or of a Christian solely relies on how strongly connected he is to Jesus through the offices that he has established. When, when you have a complaint maybe uh, about the services that are being rendered by a municipality or so forth, right? You, there is a direct line that every citizen of a country has 
to write to the office of the president. Correct? But the president doesn't get those things first. He doesn't hear those complaints from you. He hears them from those who are delegated <laughs> to deal with these matters. Some of them don't even reach the president because they have powers to deal with the matters at that level. Do you understand? Why? Because there is an office that the president has established to deal with such matters. It is the same with Jesus. You see, in the government of Jesus, Jesus has offices. Do you understand? Through which certain spiritual transactions can take place. Now, as it relates to relationship, you do not need those offices. But as it relates to function and operation, you need them. So if you want to walk with Christ, you can, you can do so without going through any office. But if you want to function and operate the vanities of his kingdom, you must now follow the governmental process. The system of Christ is very structured, very orderly. So how God works from the spirit into the earth is that he moves his word from his throne and it goes to the angels and it goes to man. It's how it is. Who was communicating with Moses what God said? An angel. His entire ministry, the Bible says, was mediated by angels. The old covenant was mediated by angels. After Jesus, the flow is God, is Jesus, is the fivefold ministry. So there is now a, di a direct flow. That means it's from God, it's from Jesus the man, and then it's man. Angels are ministers, they are aiders. So to follow that, we must understand the role of faith in how this system for us in our lives will work smoothly because without faith it can't work it doesn't work no matter the legitimacy of the process faith is what allows for that system to work without any hindrance without any friction First Chronicles chapter 20.
2020, right? Second, 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 2020. Okay? 20? Yes, please. Are we there? All right, verse 20. So they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. He says, you believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in his prophets, and you will Now, there is a spiritual law of love, right? That says you cannot love God whom you cannot see and love and not and, and love I mean and, and, and by not loving your brother whom you see so if I can't love you it is impossible to love God so it is a spiritual law that means you cannot believe in God without believing his prophets that to believe in God without believing his prophets is hypocrisy so the prophets or the ministers the men of god the women of god are physical icons or representatives of the unseen god so god says to moses you shall be as god to your brother and he shall be your prophet How is God playing? What is God playing here? What's God doing? No, it is a reality that would allow Moses to act on behalf of God. You must understand why the fivefold ministry is there. We are here, we exist to act on behalf of God. Do you understand? To execute. The plan, the vision, the purpose of God here on earth. So he says, believe God and be established. But he says your prosperity hinges entirely on your belief on the prophets. Now, the oh, what makes a man a prophet? What makes a man a prophet, number one, is the ordination of God. Number two is the anointing that comes of on that man. What is referred to on, or, or as the anointing of a prophet. Now, without that anointing, without that ordination, the man can't be a prophet. That's why the Bible says this honor is not taken upon yourself. You can't take this honor upon yourself except it be given to you from above because it's something that is heavenly in nature. So a prophet, brothers and sisters, is not just the a man 
but is it is the man with the spirit from above so prophets apostles uh, pastors evangelists and teachers these are our graces or our anointings that come from heaven in other words they are supernatural in their nature and character when they come on a man we say the man is a prophet because the man has the spirit of a prophet do you understand so to believe in a prophet is the same as believing in God because of what what he has from God we must validate this right John 14 John 14, verse number 1, please. Verse number 1, please. John 14, verse 1. Let's read it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I thought believing in God is the same as believing in Jesus. But apparently it's not. Because Jesus says, you believe in God, believe also in me. So, for, for whatever gifts, powers, Jesus has to work for you, you can't believe in God without also believing in him because those powers are resident in Jesus not in God even though they come from God but God has dedicated them given them bestowed them on Jesus so for them to come from you from Jesus to you you must what the Bible says when the, when the woman of the issue of blood heard about Jesus not God she said if I may touch the hem of his I will be and when she touched what happened virtue left Jesus why because she believed in Jesus and in what God has given him so the strength of a prophet is the fact that his words are from God so when you believe in a prophet it's not that you are believing in the man but in the word of God that he carries. Are you following me? Amen. So we struggle to believe in God because we have not yet learned to believe in those whom God sent to us. If power can flow from the man whom God or woman whom God has sent you, how can power flow from God above whom you can't see? So many times it's not that men of God are weak. It's that the people don't believe in them. Look at Jesus when he went to his hometown and he preached a powerful message. They said, what wisdom is this? Is this not the son of Joseph who his brothers and sisters are with us? And then the Bible says he could not do 
any mighty works. Notice, any mighty works because of their unbelief. Their unbelief made Jesus powerless. Their unbelief rendered Jesus power useless. He could not do any mighty, mighty works. In other words, in that region, Jesus couldn't do any miracles. In that region, Jesus couldn't even cause the rain to come. In that region, if he had tried to walk on water, he would have drowned. Because in that region, there was unbelief in that territory that prohibited him from exercising the powers God had given him to liberate them. It was not just the people, it was the whole region. That is why the, the moment he received the Holy Spirit, he left Nazareth. <coughs> because he himself said, a prophet is not without honor. In other words, all prophets are honored. Except in his own hometown, in his own country, and amongst his own brethren. So he's telling you the limitation of the prophetic ministry will have in the country, in the city, and also amongst his own brethren. Why? Because of the arch enemy of the anointing, familiarity. We know, we know he, he grew up right here. So what that does, imagine your attitude determines the flow from a ministry. Your attitude. She said he could not do. So why and the prophecies of God over certain people's lives not coming to pass? Why the words of the Lord you <laughs> because of unbelief. When they did not believe Moses, they did not believe God. And what angers Jesus more than anything is the help he sends that you overlook. So, 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 because, because Christians have not learned the balance between believing in a prophet in, 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 in terms or regards to his gift and anointing and worshiping him. They are either on one side of the extreme or on the other. They entirely don't believe. Or they believe to the point where they start idolizing the person. Yet, in between those extremes is the straight path, is the narrow path, is the reality that can bring forth the accompanying signs to the word of the Lord. So what made Abraham formidable was the fact that he believed God. 
the Bible says, and he believed God and it was accounted to him righteousness. God told him, look at the stars. That's how many children you will have. The stars. And all of a sudden he saw the stars as his children. And the Bible says he believed. That's why he had no problems giving up Isaac because the Bible says he he believed in him who raised the thing. And he knew if he asked for him, he would give him back. <laughs> Read Hebrews 11 and you'll find out why. He did not argue against God. The Bible calls those who believe in Jesus, those who have the faith of Abraham. The faith of Abraham. One of the reasons why Adam and Eve could eat of the tree, it was because they did not believe that what God said, he meant. They thought that maybe something, something, God would make something. God didn't mean we will really die. And that's the role of Satan. It is to quench your faith. Did God really say if you eat? No, he is lying. That's a matter of faith. It's a matter of faith because God now, I mean Adam and Eve now were 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 dabbling in matters of testing God. So you can see that Adam didn't really believe if you will eat, you will die. Eve didn't really believe if she will eat, she will die. They did it anyway. Why? Because Satan knows if he can disrupt your faith, your belief in God, in his word, the outcome will be evil for you. Without faith, So what get, gets the anointing of any ministry to work for you is your faith in it. Your faith in it. Because your faith is a demonstration that you believe that this thing comes from above. This thing is from above. And I can receive from it all that necessitates for my life and destiny. Believe in God and be established. Believe in his prophets and prosper. And prosper. Who gave them the gold? Moses. Moses. Let me show you something before we start praying. Deuteronomy. Chapter 2.
You there? Then we turned and journeyed into the wilderness of the way of the Red Sea, and the Lord spoke to me as we skirted Mount Seir for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have skirted this mountain long enough. Turn northward and command the people, saying, You are about to pass the territory of your brethren, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir, and they will be afraid of you. Therefore, watch yourselves carefully. Do not meddle with them, for I will not give you any of their land. No. Not so much as one footstep, because I've given them Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. Verse 6. This is where I want to focus on. You shall buy food from them. Yeah? Who's saying this? The Lord. You shall buy food from them with money. That you may eat. And you shall also buy water from them with Money that you may now let me ask, where did they get the money? These guys were slaves. They were just had just been delivered. God is telling them money. Where did they get the money? And God is God is the one that sent them. Where did they get the money? <laughs> <laughs> Strange. We shall buy with money. Money. Buy bread. God says you buy, buy. Where, where, where did they get the money from? Strange, right? <coughs> For the Lord God has blessed you. In all the work of your hand, he knows your tragedy through this great wilderness. These 40 years the Lord has been with you. You have lacked. Strange. Who's talking there? You see God, but it's Moses. See, when you study Deuteronomy, you find something strange with Moses. It's almost, sometimes, it's as if he, he speaks as God. You read the book of Deuteronomy, you find, sometimes you're confused. Who's saying what here? <laughs> but when you really study, do you notice? It's Moses. Just these 40 years, you've been trudging through the wilderness. What was the key? There's only one man. Moses. Moses. Because when God visited him, he said, I will now send you to Pharaoh that you might tell him to let my people go and that you may deliver them and bring them back to this mountain to worship and serve them. So every resource Moses had, Moses had no army. He destroyed 60 cities. No army. The rebellious people. How does he do it? How does he do it? Take this now, your rod, and go to Pharaoh. The rod of Moses. The Bible says in later, if you read Numbers and Exodus, it had stopped being the rod of Moses. It was called the rod of God. Mm -hmm. The rod of God. 
the rod of God. The rod of God. What changed? God's power was of Moses. So you see throughout the entire Bible how God works. He shapes the aeons of man through his word. Through his word. So when you hear a prophecy from a servant of God given to you, that is your life at that moment because it is the reiterations of God himself. So what do you do? You sleep on it. You wake on it. You eat it. You, uh, man shall not live by bread alone. So we don't take the prophecy serious because we don't believe in those who are giving it in the first place. That's why he says the kingdom of heaven. The king says unless you are like a little child, you can't do it. There's an attitude you must have toward God. It is out of the mouth of babes and infants that was perfected praise. So you have all that you need. The prophecies have went out. The word has gone forth. And then, after you know what you do, you still look around. Oh God, help me. Oh God, I need your help. Oh God, what am I going to do? Oh God, oh God. Yet you have all this weaponry, all this armory with you. Paul said to Timothy, fight a good warfare with the prophecies which thou hast received. Why? It's because you don't believe in his prophets. The, the role of all prophets, all prophets do is speak what they hear and see from God. He says, if you believe that, you prosper. You prosper. And it's, 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 you don't even need to concern yourself with validity. The the validity or the the genuineness of the prophet is not that he says he's a prophet, but that if what he says comes to pass. That's how you judge a prophet. You judge him two ways. What he says comes to pass and he always speaks in the glory of God or in the name of God. His, his prophecy do not lead you away from God. To serve other gods. You understand? Even himself. But they always lead you to Jesus Christ. They always promote the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ. So he says, if those two signs are dealt with, those two checks are dealt with, you, in your mind, you really get all doubt. He says, you will prosper. So we fail because we have words from God, yet we cry about our circumstances. That is a demonstration of unbelief in God. And that's why none of the prayers work. I said to you the last time, I said, after God has spoken, you have no business concerning yourself with anything else except the fulfillment of that which God has said. 
you sleep on it you wait with it you eat it it's always on your mind he says you shall keep them as fragments between your eyes you shall write them on your foreheads yeah. everything you have learned in this conference if it is going to work in your life they must be believed they must be faith otherwise the grace the blessing the anointing will just pass you like the wind we must believe we must learn to believe we must learn to believe your your power your your strength lies in your faith in God you see that's what makes that i mean that's what in reality that's what makes god's word different than the words of men is the fact that you believe is from god that, that's 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 what makes it powerful because it, it it is carried out through men men who talk all the time <laughs> you understand it's not it's not that says the lord that makes the word powerful uh -uh. it's your faith in what that says the lord because you may take it as any other word as the words of man. Jesus, well, why do you not believe? He says, because you have not my word in you. Oh, brothers and sisters, much awaits you. Much is prepared for you. But there must be faith. Faith in God's word. Faith in his man and woman faith in his promises in that he is able to bring them to pass otherwise you will round around the same mountain the problem was not Moses Moses was not the problem he was never the problem he had the directions he had the navigations the people were the problem the people were the problem And the people stopped Moses from entering the promised land too. Believe. That's what changes everything. Mary said, let it be done according to your word. Let it be done according to your word. Let it be done according to you. After this conference, if you can't believe that it is possible for God to make you wealthy, make you rich, make you a millionaire, billionaire overnight, then you, you, you must build your faith. You see, the, the, the opportunity in the spirit is always there. If, if you see you can't believe what God has said in a certain area in your life, the opportunity to rise in faith to believe it is there because the word is given and in that word is the faith that you need because you will not get faith from outside the word that you are hearing the faith you require is in the word that you are hearing no matter how large and big it is imagine mary she's there she's like <laughs> 
At first, she's like, ay, 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 what's this? And then she's like, okay, let it be done, let it be done, let it be done. She believed. Same thing a few months before. Zechariah is like, I, I. He just said, I will shut your mouth. It's not God who shut, it's the angel. I will shut your mouth. Because he, he could stop it. He could go home and say to Elizabeth, hey, I got this strange guy saying, you know, because the Bible says Elizabeth was buried. And they were both far uh, advanced in their age. He could say, hey, I got this strange message. Imagine some, some being, some angel said it was Gabriel, said I want to have a child, what not, what not. <laughs> they might have played games with us. <laughs> <laughs> and God would believe that. Faith is a powerful force. It's a powerful force. Believe. Believe. I'm going to lay my hands on you in a few moments and we will impart to you your grace, the original grace, the generational grace that the Lord had said. Your own will be determined by whether or not you believe. You believe. You must believe. You must believe. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets and you shall prosper. Wealth awaits you, prosperity awaits you. It is your heritage, it is your inheritance. But I must believe. Let's all rise on our feet. pray this afternoon for yourself and I want you to ask the Lord to help you to help you receive to help you assimilate to help you walk and what you have received in this conference and the impartation you will receive this afternoon and ask him to help you demonstrate the faith that is required to manifest all the blessings, the graces, the anointing, the favor of God that was released upon your life in this conference. Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. 
begin praying from your heart now and just extend your faith to the Lord in asking Him to help you receive today. Let something change forever in your life. Let something be eternally restructured and readjusted. Let there be a restoration in your life tonight. And let the evidence that you have been with God be seen by men. Let the testimony of God in your life begin to unfold. Ah, come on, pray now, pray now. And ask the Lord to help you. And ask the Lord to help you receive. Ah. Shiro Koto San, the branding Ragadosha, the conference everything God has spoken has done in my spirit and my life will unfold I will live and I will walk in the blessings released in this conference determine it right now in the name of Jesus it also determined that once your hands once your you you are laid hands upon today this grace called generational grace will begin to work immediately in your life causing and stimulating supernatural occurrences, extraordinary occurrences in your life. Brothers and sisters, use your words right now to establish these matters in the spirit. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on.
your power upon the lives of your people. Let they feel God definite impact as my hands is laid upon their heads. Let the changes in the spirit begin to reflect even in the earth. My God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth that they shall be glory of God, a performance of the word of the Lord. Let it be done unto your people as you have said, O oh God. They believe the word of your servant. Establish him in prosperity and wealth. Give us, your people, the power to get wealth. Let them come into their inheritance. Let them come into their heritage. Let the lines be fallen unto them in pleasant places. Yokes have been destroyed. Yes, spells of God has been dismantled. The power of the Holy Spirit has been poured upon us strong and in concentrated measures throughout this conference. Now is that moment, Holy Spirit, where you materialize your counsels, where you actualize your testimony. As we lay hands today, let them be confirmation with accompanying signs and wonders of the word that has gone forth in this conference alignments and access into the treasures of God spectacular move of the Holy Spirit over your life and over your destiny and generations. Holy Spirit of the living God, we are ready. We are ready. We are ready. Expect to receive something when hands are laid on you in a few moments. Expect to receive something from heaven, something from the kingdom, something supernatural, something extraordinary, something from the living God himself. Expect it. Expect it. Increase your expectations right now. Begin praying the spirit. Increase your capacity, your expectations.
expecting the change. So he's removed the chairs in the two rows.
Just, you know, quietly pray and thank the Lord, okay? 
we're gonna take off for it.
Shower three sets of glory, alright? One will be in honor of the Lord. The second one will be in honor of the Holy Spirit and His power and His presence and His manifestation and His revelation. And the other one will be for yourself and all that the Lord has done for you. Alright? So, you know, you must find your own, your own cue, find your own, do that for one minute and then we'll do the other one and then we'll do the other one and then we'll close the conference, alright? So find your one, find your glory and declare it out unto the Lord.